What's going on, family? Happy Monday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. It's your man, GB, Gerard Bonner. I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you had a great weekend, as I can't believe this, but it seems like summer is coming to an end. After all, September is just a day away. Then on top of that, you've got Labor Day weekend popping up. Uh, It's pretty, pretty crazy to say the least how fast time is moving. So I hope that wherever you are, you're safe, you're sound, and all is well in your world. Big shout out to everybody who hangs out with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Faction Show. We definitely appreciate you. Shout out to everybody who is subscribed to our podcast and those who are listening right now. We appreciate you as well. And certainly if you're not subscribed, click that subscribe button. Go ahead and do that. And then rate us and leave a comment as well, as it definitely lets the whole world know what you think about the faction. All right, there's a lot of news to get into as it was an absolutely huge weekend in the world of pro wrestling. I actually want to start in a unique place. Before I do that, i got to say a big shout out to my good brother, Courtney Beard, who joined us on Friday's show. Uh, didn't know he was going to do that, which was cool, and uh, gave me a chance to share the story of Southern Honor, and I am absolutely excited about that. So if you have not heard, Southern Honor, we put on our first show since the pandemic this past Friday night. Uh, It was an epic show. And quite frankly, one of the reasons we waited so long was because we wanted to make sure we had the right setup. We wanted to make sure that people would show up, et cetera, et cetera. So apparently the internet streets are talking because uh, those who were not there got wind of how many people showed up to this event. Uh, There were over 300 people that showed up to the event and uh, people were just kind of upset on the internet from what I hear because they were mad. They said, we didn't follow social distancing. We weren't being wise, et cetera, et cetera. So I will explain what happened. Um, First and foremost, like we said on Friday, kind of the rules of this thing were super simple Um, only the first two rows of chairs were set up and then after that anyone who purchased a ticket could take their chair and put it wherever they wanted in the action building also the action building itself the max we were allowed to fill it was to 35 percent capacity now the action building happens to be huge so fitting 300 or 350 people is not a problem for the action building uh considering how large it actually is nobody knew how many people would show up because no tickets were pre-sold all tickets were sold at the door and i just remember when we were doing the pre-show they opened the doors we started to see people come in uh 30 minutes later i looked around and i was just like wow this looks like a regular show there were people who had masks but masks were not mandated or required and here's all i will say about this you know i think first of all a lot of people tend to have opinions for things that they aren't invested in heard a lot of people saying things about southern honor that had never been to a show or that had never paid attention to what we do uh so there's that The other thing that I think is important is to understand that in cities all around this country, uh, there have been mandates made 
to wear masks, to exercise social distancing, etc., etc. And people in this country we call America do exactly what they want to do. And so with that said, you know, uh, we gave people the options. We had masks available and provided for people. We had hand sanitizer everywhere and people had the option to distance socially. And one other thing that we did was when people came in the door, we had a sticker system. So there was one sticker they could take if they wanted people to stay away from them. Another one if they want just greet by like fist bump or what have you. And a third one for if they wanted hugs and the like. So everybody was able to identify what they were comfortable with. Why am I taking so much time to talk about it? Because again, what happens on the internet, as we all learn, is people have a lot of opinions about things that they aren't familiar with. And so with that said, I will simply say that I felt super comfortable with Southern Honor. That's why I was there. If I did not, I would not have gone. I was protected. I had my mask. I had my sanitizer. And whenever people greeted me via fist bump or if they decided to do a handshake, immediately sanitized after that. This is not difficult. And so, uh, yeah, shout out to Southern Honor. I'm riding hard for us. And it was an amazing show. You'll be able to check it out on IWTV very, very soon. But on top of that, we're getting ready for our second anniversary show, which is happening on October the 2nd. It's still here, too, which will feature some huge matches including Joe Black, who won the Rumble Jack, getting his long-awaited title shot against Corey Hollis for the SHW Championship. And then monster news, the SHW tag titles will be on the line as the Lynch brothers, Joey and Matt Lynch, take on the Hall of Fame tag team, the Rock and Roll Express, for the SHW Tag Team Championships. This is going to be huge. I can't wait to call it. It's going to be amazing. Tickets will be available soon. Hope you'll join us on October the 2nd. That was part of the monster weekend that was pro wrestling as SmackDown brought to us on Friday night. Uh, again, the Thunderdome and a lot of questions about would Roman Reigns be there and what would his response be going into this title match at payback and here's how it went down uh smackdown brought in 2.181 million viewers which is up from the week before where they had 2.168 million viewers the thunderdome has been a hit for smackdown as their ratings have improved significantly and they're continuing on the uptick. So shout out to them and everybody's talking about the last 20 seconds of SmackDown where we learn that it appears that Roman Reigns is a Paul Heyman guy. We're gonna get into that in just a second, but I wanna dovetail because one of the other big events that took place on Saturday night was a huge outdoor show for New Japan Pro Wrestling as they presented Summer Struggle in Jingu. It was at the Meiji Jingu Stadium in Tokyo, a huge situation. They had close to 5,000 in attendance there. And uh, of course, they had social distancing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, there's some pretty big news out of that as we saw a couple of title changes and the like. Congratulations to Toru Yano, who won the King of Pro Wrestling 2020 Finals, defeating El Desperado, Sonata, and imagine this, Toru Yano pinned Kazuchika Okada. Yeah, 
That's a huge one. All right. Then we also had uh, another title change as Minoru Suzuki regained the never open weight championship, defeating Shingo Takagi. Taji Ishimori regained the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship by defeating Hiromu Takahashi. The tag titles remained with Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi as they defeated Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi. And in the main event, Tetsuya Naito regained the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships by defeating Evil. Won that match in 26 minutes and 20 seconds. So a huge, huge night. You can relive all of it on NJPW World. It's kind of amazing to see what's happening with New Japan Pro Wrestling. That happened on Saturday. And then, of course, last night you had the WWE presentation of Payback. Now, Payback, seven days removed from SummerSlam. And we can kind of talk about that a bit. I'll just say it's kind of unique to have a pay-per-view seven days after your biggest pay-per-view of the summer. But they did it. And uh, I thought, by and large, it was a great pay-per-view. Again, who can argue with the power of the WWE Thunderdome? I've said it before. I'll say it again. WWE just belongs in these large environments. That's where they belong. It's where they should be. And it just looks significantly bigger and better. So I've got a couple of spoilers for you. If you have not watched it, you may want to press pause. Or if you don't care about spoilers, just keep the podcast going. With that said, here's how it went down. The uh, kickoff match saw the Riot Squad defeat the Iconics. And it definitely seems like the Riot Squad is a thing again. Again, it was a night of title changes as well. Here at Payback, as Bobby Lashley defeated defeated Apollo Crews to become the new United States champion. Big E got a big win over Sheamus. Matt Riddle defeats King Corbin. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax defeated Bailey and Sasha Banks to become the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Congratulations to Keith Lee, who got a clean and resounding victory over Randy Orton. That's a really, really big deal. Dominic Mysterio gets his first win in WWE as he and his father, Ray, defeat Seth Rollins and Murphy. And in a triple threat match, Roman Reigns defeats Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman to become the new Universal Champion. Let me say this. While initially I had no interest in payback when it was announced seven days after SummerSlam, there were three things that made me want to watch. First of all, I am totally invested in Bailey and Sasha Banks. Say what you will. Bailey and Sasha Banks have added a lot more credibility to the WWE women's division with the absence of Becky Lynch and Charlotte. Many have wondered who would step up after those two. Matter of fact, after your entire WrestleMania 35 main event is no longer present on television, Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, all gone right now. And so what would happen with the women's division? I think Bailey and Sasha have stepped up significantly. As great as Asuka is, I think Bailey and Sasha are elevating virtually everyone they work with. Asuka, Shayna, Naya are all better because of their clashes with Bailey and Sasha. So that's the first thing. The second thing was the debut of Keith Lee. 
and to see how that would work. So for everyone, you know, who had a lot of concerns about Monday Night Raw, you'll see his uh, wrestling gear changed a bit into something that seems to be more uh, connected and congruent with what we've seen from Keith Lee. So there's that. And then I can't speak for anybody else. But this new turn of Roman Reigns has me very interested. When he returned last week and literally wrecked everything and left, I thought, we've got a new wrinkle happening here. And then Friday night, when he revealed that he is a Paul Heyman guy, and then to see how he won this match, a bad Roman Reigns is something we haven't seen since the advent of the Shield. And now he comes in as WWE Universal Champion. He comes in with Paul Heyman. All of this feels fresh. All of this feels great. I think WWE is really on to something with Roman Reigns now being that guy. Uh, now, my only issue is I hate that the Universal Championship was only in the hands of Bray Wyatt for seven days. Didn't really get a chance to do much with it. But then you could make the argument, does Bray Wyatt even need to be Universal Champion to be relevant? I think I like him with the Universal title. I don't know that it's a must-have. But I'm very interested in this Roman Reigns championship situation uh, with Paul Heyman. Certainly, we'll keep our eyes out for that because that's going to be a big thing. And again, it's a new wrinkle that I'm really, really digging in WWE. All right, before we go, we want to get into one thing which I think we might spend some more time talking about uh, in future episodes. And that is this. PWI has released their... Uh, annual PWI 500 episode as the PWI turns officially 30 this year and so it's an interesting situation to see who and what makes the PWI 300. So with that said, I want to just give you the top 10 for right now. And in giving you the top 10, rest assured, we are going to take some more time in a future episode, maybe even tomorrow, to delve into this top 10 and talk about where some of your favorites landed in the PWI 500 and the relevance of a lot of other places in the world of pro wrestling. So here we go. The top 10 wrestlers according to PWI's 500. At number 10, it's AJ Styles. Number nine, it's Kofi Kingston. Number eight, it's Seth Rollins. At number seven, Cody Rhodes. Number six, Kazuchika Okada. At number five, Tetsuya Naito. Number four, Drew McIntyre, the current WWE champion. Number three, it's Le Champion, Chris Jericho. At number two, it's Adam Cole, baby, the longest reigning NXT champion in history and the brand new number one wrestler for 2020, according to PWI, is the AEW champion, John Moxley. We're going to dig into the significance of all of this later this week, maybe even tomorrow. I see how I feel about it, but I want to get your thoughts. What do you think about the top 10 I just shared with you for PWI's 500? It's a pretty impressive list. Again, we'll dig into it some more at a later date, but uh, I wanted to share that with you before we get out of here because, again, it's a monster, monster weekend of wrestling news. So let's get your thoughts on Payback, 
SmackDown, Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman, and the PWI 500. Let us know by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. Of course, we want you to continue to subscribe and rate and comment on this podcast and uh, stay connected to us. We've got all sorts of great content coming your way. Until next time, it's your man GB, Gerard Bonner, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. Collectively, we're known as The Faction. I need my people, here we go.